Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of It Starts With Attraction. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing ItStartsWithAttraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to ItStartsWithAttraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. This week on It Starts With Attraction. When faced with disappointments and challenges, most kids don't have the skills to handle them. And as a result, they'll get down on themselves and this really crushes their self-esteem. They'll give up on themselves, this crushes their self-confidence, and this doesn't have to happen. When children learn these mindset skills, it gives them the tools to navigate those ups and downs of growing up. There's a process to falling in love, and it starts with attraction. Join Kimberly Beam Holmes and her special guests as they discuss how to become the most attractive you can be, physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, or as we refer to it, working on your pies. We'll teach you how to have better relationships and become more attractive to others, and maybe more importantly, to yourself. It starts with attraction, and it starts now. We are joined today by Renee Thornborough. She is leading a worldwide movement to bring life coaching and personal development and mindset skills, which I think is really fascinating, to kids through her certified wisdom coaches and a process that she's put together. She's the CEO of Adventures in Wisdom and author of a book called The Adventures in Wisdom Life Coaching Program for Kids Curriculum, which teaches children using coaching stories and activities to help them develop these mindset skills for resilience and self-esteem and confidence and so many amazing things. She's a retired marketing executive on top of all of that in the corporate world, nonetheless. I bet that was fun. And has her bachelor's from Texas A&M, MBA from University of Texas. And she has been married for 30 years and a proud parent of 18-year-old twins, a boy and a girl. <laughs> I gave How you, has that been? You must have an old bio. They're, they just turned 20, if you can believe that. And oh, they've 20. been such, such a joy. Such a joy. I've just enjoyed every stage. And yeah, they're on their own now. Well, they're at college. They're, they're both finishing up their sophomore year this week. And it's just been an absolute joy. Do they go to the same college? No, actually, my daughter's at the University of Texas in Austin. My son's up in Colorado at Colorado State University and studying two very okay. different things. And uh, it's been it's been really neat to watch them just grow, develop and adulting and you know, adulting. All, doing just really stepping into who they are. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Renee, what led you to get started in wanting to do work with kids, especially in this mindset, teaching them skills on yeah. how to be happier, more resilient? What led to that? Yeah. Well, Kimberly, when I discovered the world of personal development, it was right out of college. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, why didn't I learn this when I was a kid? It made no sense to me that the life coaching world, the personal development world focuses on grownups when the core thoughts and beliefs that shape who we are are formed when we're really young. And I knew that I wanted to bring this type of information, this type of training to my children. And when I had my kids, you know, 20 years ago, and I was looking for something out there to help me teach these skills, I couldn't find anything out there. You know, there's plenty on how to get my kids to behave, a few things on character development, but nothing on mindset Mm -hmm. development. You know, really how to use the power of your thoughts to create how you experience Mm -hmm. your life, to, to 
which shapes everything. Your mindset shapes everything in our lives from our self-esteem, confidence, what we accomplish. I mean, it just is so critical. And yeah, yeah I started working with my kids on my own. And mm-hmm. it sometimes it seemed a little lecture or boring. And that's when I started writing stories. And they mm-hmm. really loved the stories, but most important, they were learning the concepts. And I just, the vision just started growing that I want to help other children too. And that's how it all got started. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So were you, did you have a background in writing stories or did for kids or was it just something you were so passionate about you figured it out? Oh gosh, such a great question. Um, So my background was years and years of personal development work, mostly self-study, training, that kind of thing that I went through and a few certifications. But what was interesting, and I, writing background was more from a marketing perspective because that was my profession. And when I started writing these stories, what was so fascinating is that it almost felt like like a, a download, a download from higher source. I mean, they just flowed mm-hmm. through me when I retired from my corporate job and really focused on putting this curriculum together. And the curriculum actually has 27 different skill books and stories. You know, each skill book has mm-hmm. a story and discussion question and activities to really support kids in developing these skills. But it was such an amazing creative process, and I just absolutely loved it. Mm, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So life coaching, what are the things you're seeing? You were telling me a little bit about this before we got started, but I want to go back to it. What are you seeing right now that's going on with kids? And what are those ages of kids that that you have experience with and working with? Yeah. So let me answer the second question first, and then we'll go backwards. So our work really focuses on bringing life coaching and mindset skills development to children between the ages of six through 12. And that really is a sweet Mm spot. And like I start, I mentioned when I started my business, this curriculum was written for parents to use with their own children. But what happened was I had life coaches and counselors and therapists and educators come to me and want to use it in their work and with children. So that's when we created the certification program. So th- that's who works with kids. Either parents work with their mm-hmm. own children or our coaches work with children as well. Mm-hmm. And they're available, you know, to work with. Um, obviously other people's children. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's kind of what, what the landscape looks like. Um, and then as far as, you know, what we're, what we're seeing is we, we can talk a little bit about kind of the, the status of, of ch- children's mental health right now. Um, yeah. You know, with the pandemic, it's had a huge negative impact on our children's mental health and mental health was already an issue mm-hmm. before the pandemic. I mean, the statistics were just mm-hmm. really, alarming. And just in October, the Children's Hospital Association, Children's Psychiatric Association, and the Pediatric Association got together and declared children's mental health a national emergency. And then the U.S. Surgeon General in November echoed the same thing. And they're just Mm -hmm. seeing a huge rise in the number of ER visits, self-harm, depression in children, Mm -hmm. and it's really taken a toll. And What I wanted to share is that a lot of people don't realize that life coaching is a really important part of the kind of the mental wellness spectrum for children. You have Mm -hmm. kind of your mental mental illness on one side, mental wellness on the other side. You know, of course, counselors, therapists are really supporting children to get back to mental to health from Mm -hmm. mental illness sort of perspective. Life coaches really support kids on the mental wellness side with kind of mental fitness, resilience and coping skills. Uh, developing self-esteem and confidence, developing self-leadership, 
um, learning achievement and how to set and achieve their goals. I mean, all these things that really support children and their mental health. And our coaches have gotten such phenomenal results with children. I'm just so proud of them and the work that they're doing. Yeah. So let's talk more about the mental health crisis that we're in with kids. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned some of the things that that can look like Mm -hmm. self-harm, right? depression, but what are some of the more silent things that could be happening or things that might be flying under the radar that parents aren't noticing or attributing to it's their kids struggling with a mental health illness that they need to work on? Yeah, that's, that's a great question because things like self-harm, you know, severe depression, Mm -hmm. that kind of counselors, therapists need to handle that. Our coaches know yeah. that, you know, that's when they refer out. But with parents, I and mean, parents know their kids. And a lot of times they'll see a shift in their children, but they're not sure what happened and they're not sure what to do about it. The shift can be anything from not enjoying the activities they used to enjoy or resistance to going to school or being with friends, mm-hmm. you know, especially for those who are still getting back into social activities and recreational activities. Um, you know, a lot of our coaches have supported children in kind of rebuilding their social confidence to go back to mm. school and to be with their friends and to meet new friends. And, mm. um, you know, it's, it's a lot of times it's, it's kind of that shakiness and confidence and self-esteem. That's predominant thing that we see parents come to us for support with their kiddos. Um, and then just being proactive about resilience and coping skills, really supporting them and understanding that they have a way to shape how they're experiencing what's going on in their lives. Um, self-talk is something that's really important. It's a skill that we mm. teach all the time. In fact, it's a, a free story that we give away on our website. I encourage anyone who's who's watching, listening to go get that free story, download it, share it with mm. your kiddos tonight, because it's such a powerful skill. Our self-talk directly impacts our self-esteem, our confidence, our achievement. Um, it's just a really, really important mindset skill. Hmm. And is it as obvious, specifically with if a child is struggling with self-esteem, as them saying, I'm no good, no one likes me? Like, is that kind of the thing you're the thing you're a parent should look for? Absolutely. It's the body mm-hmm. language and it's the language mm-hmm. language. You know, what are they saying to themselves? What kind mm-hmm. of you know, what are they saying when they mumble? Um it's like I said, you know, as parents, you can we see a shift in our kids. And sometimes yeah. it is exactly that. Self-talk is in that is the conversation and self-talk is the number one thing that our coaches watch for and listen for. Mm. You know, what's being said, what's not being said. It really helps us clue into what type of thought patterns are mm. shaping a child's experience of what's going on and then how they can support the child in shifting the way, we call it power shifting, shifting the way they're experiencing whatever is going on in a way that supports them. Hmm. I can imagine that some of these parents working with their children through this probably start noticing these things in themselves too. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, the skills we teach a lot of grownups haven't even learned. And you know, I've had parents tell me, that they're learning just as much as their kids are. I've had our coaches as they go through the certification process, tell me they're learning and growing and healing from things that have happened in their path or past. In fact, we recommend that when they're going through the certification process, have their own journal, you know, experience it. Hmm. Hmm. So what does it look like for kids? If they're going to do coaching, then what is that process for them? Is it, uh, I guess it's based online or over Zoom? Yeah. 
what is kind of tell us more about that? Yeah. So, you know, our coaches have a lot of flexibility in how they work with children. The majority of our coaches really like to work with kids in person. You know, they like those high fives and just being able to have that connection. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. coaches work on Zoom as well. And of course, with the pandemic, many of our coaches shifted their business to online. And what they discovered is that they could work with clients around the world, which is really amazing. Yeah. Um, but our coaches work in a variety of different ways. Of course, there's one-on-one coaching where they're connecting directly with that child, small group mm-hmm. coaching, and then also just workshops, you know, workshops, which is more of a mm-hmm. kind of teaching training and really helping lay kind of a, create awareness around some of these skills. Whereas in small groups and one-on-one, it really provides more of that individual attention to supporting a child and applying these skills to their own lives. So, I mean, you know, coaching, it's a, it's a connection yeah. process. It's a human yeah. to human connection process where you're really deeply listening, providing that safe space to children and really opening them that door to mm-hmm. help them apply these skills to their lives. Mm-hmm. How is well, let me ask this question first. Yeah. What are you so other than the pandemic and things that we've been we've been through the past 2 years, what are some of the other things that can really affect a child that yeah. maybe some that we do know of that you should reiterate them, but maybe some yeah. other things that could happen to kids that that parents don't realize. Oh yeah. Well, we had the whole spectrum of stuff they had to deal with before. And then the pandemic on top of it. So anything mm-hmm. from peer pressure, now social media, that has really gotten to be a big one. Sibling rivalry, upsets at home, you know, upsets in the marriage, divorcing families, going back and forth between mm-hmm. families. Uh, that's a big one. Academic mm-hmm. pressure, pressure to perform in um, extracurriculars, whether it's sports or whatever. Of course, bullying, another big one. Friendship issues. Um, you know, all the classic things that even we dealt with when we were kids, except for maybe yeah. the social media side of it, or at least for me, <laughs> showing my age here. Right. But um, it's just, it's when, when faced with disappointments and challenges, most kids don't have the skills to handle them. And as a result, they'll get down on themselves. And this really crushes their self-esteem. They'll give up on themselves. This crushes their self-confidence. And this doesn't have to happen. When children learn mm-hmm. these mindset skills, it gives them the tools to navigate those ups and downs of growing up. Mm. So can you share with us maybe one of those mindset skills? What is it that you would teach a kid and how do you help them apply it? Yes, absolutely. So, well, this, okay. So we talked about self-taught. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually going to let y'all go get that story because that's really great. Let me talk about one of the things that's really important in self-esteem. And what one of the things that crushes self-esteem is when people and when children compare themselves to others. And it happens all the times with our kids. And so just kind of share a little example of how we use a story to help lay the foundation of knowledge about a mindset skill and then how we would apply that. So um, the, the crusher for self-esteem is comparison. And mm. the, the skill, the mindset skill that we teach to combat that is what we call honoring your uniqueness and the uniqueness of others. So it's all about you know diversity and understanding that. Mm-hmm. So we have a story, it's called the sun, the wind, and the rain. And in the story, the three different elements really are, aren't, uh, yearn to be the other. You know, so their rain mm-hmm. wants to be the sun, et cetera, et cetera. So in this story, everybody has a chance to be the sun at the same time. And we see the devastating impact that it has on earth. Mm-hmm. And everybody has a chance to be the rain at the same time. Again, the devastating impact it has on earth. And then everyone has a chance to be the wind 
at the same time. And we see the devastating impact that it has on Earth. So the wind learns to honor the wind, the sun learns to honor the sun, and then the rain learns to honor the rain because they learn that each of them is unique, mm-hmm. each of them is important, and that this world needs all of us to not just survive, but to thrive. And so it's a really powerful story to support kids in really understanding, honoring your uniqueness. So how might you use this in coaching? Uh, let's say you've got a child and they're really getting down on themselves and you know, comparing themselves or what um, to someone else or just getting down on themselves. You can just ask the question, you know, what would this look like? The sun was honoring the sun. And it just takes them back to the story and then applying this to whatever self-talk they're having at that time or whatever they're experiencing. So that's just kind of an example of how we would use the story to bring coaching to kids. I love that. Even as an adult, I'm listening to that <laughs> that concept of the story and thinking, how good. What a great reminder that all of us have our strengths and and yeah, comparison is that thief of joy. <laughs> yeah. Does wit does wisdom stand for something? Yes, it's actually an acronym and it kind of stands for the the big areas of development that we have for for kiddos. Um, We always start everything with um, kind of mind power. And it's the the background of of mindset and the brain science. We teach the brain science behind why these mindset skills work. So W is wire your mind for happiness and success with mind power. Then we get Mm -hmm. into inner power, which is the I, and that's identifying who you are and what what you want for your life with inner power. So that's really about your inner values, self-leadership, uh, learning how to handle peer pressure and make good decisions. Then we have see your inner superstar and shine with me power. So that's about self-esteem and self-confidence. Uh, D is a dream big, live with purpose and make it happen with dream power. So that's all about learning how to set and achieve your goals. And we teach the law of attraction skills of Mm. visualization, affirmations and gratitude. And then we finish up with O and and M and it's all about overcoming obstacles and managing those ups and downs of growing up. We call it, like I said, Mm. slaying dragons. And it's really about how to handle those tough things in life, which is what so many kids Mm. have been dealing with. And that's like managing change. Um, moving through your fear, uh, managing mistakes and overcoming mistakes. Um, so uh, mm. dealing with your know, failure and disappointments as well. Yeah. What would you say to a parent? You mentioned earlier that upset in the home, divorce, separation, that was pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. That's something that is affecting children. Right. What would you say to a mom or a dad that that's their situation right now? And they're struggling to yeah. focus on their kid because yeah. they're so focused on what's happening in their marriage. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it just overtakes everything. And then there's the extra guilt factor because they know they're not spending the time that they want to spend with their child. So, mm. I mean, first of all, we're always doing the best we can with where we are in the moment and to honor and give ourselves that, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just that, um, that graciousness. Uh, to, mm-hmm. when we're navigating anything in life, but connecting, yeah. you know, just having those connections every day, especially first thing when kids wake up in the morning, you know, mealtime, when they go to sleep, mm-hmm. come home from school, those, those connections are so important. You know, sharing a story mm-hmm. with a child, just doing what, doing what you can. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you have to spend hours and hours and hours, but just doing what you can and being present when you are there. Um, and just remembering that it, 
I think it's just, it's about connecting when you can, but it is hard, you know, when you're struggling yourself with something and trying to really be there emotionally for someone else. But as parents, as we know, we, we get to do that for our kids and it fills us up too. It really can help put things into perspective when you can maintain those relationships and help build and support our kids. Yeah, absolutely. How important is it for kids to have routine? So to have a set schedule or kind of be able to predict what a day is going to look like? (laughs) Yeah, that gets into some child development stuff. Um, I've always found it to be really important. Um, you know, there are some philosophies that 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 aren't quite as supportive of that. I've always found that it's been been really important for children to have some sort of structure and routine to kind of know yeah. how things are going to be happening in their in their lives and um, and stability, especially if there is more kind of turmoil and situations, challenges mm-hmm. in the home. I think that's really important mm-hmm. just to have some areas of stability there. Yeah. 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 So what what can that look like? Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's great because I I think there's a difference between schedule and routine. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I remember, mm-hmm. you know, when my my twins were infants, and you know, you're trying to figure out, okay, what do you do? You know, it, some people say, well, you feed them at this time, and you change your diet. You 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 do especially especially yeah. schedule, and then you, that's schedule. But routine is more well. We do this first, then we do this next, and we do this next. It may not be exactly at that time, but you kind of know what the routine is. So I think mm. that that's what that looks like. Um, you know, and as I was mentioning, I think some of the most critical times with children are that first thing in the morning connection, that sending mm. them off to school connection, that coming home from school connection, you know, any mealtime connection, mm. and then bedtime routine. So making sure you have something special during those times. One of the things that we provide for free on our, our website is called Lunchbox Notes. And every day is just like a little message that you can you can either literally cut them out and put them in your child's note uh, lunchbox or uh, and I used to do that with my kids. Well, they're 20 years old in mm-hmm. college and now I text them lunchbox notes. But that's part of our routine. That's part of me letting my kids oh, know yeah. I'm thinking about them and whether I'm yeah. thinking that lunchbox notes or I hear something great that that someone says, you know, I'll just say, hey, lunchbox note for the day. And I text it over to them. So that's part of our routine, just finding those little things of connection that work for you and your family. Oh, I love that. I <laughs> So a couple months ago, I decided to start doing lunchbox notes to my with my daughter because she can read now. Right. And it is great, except <laughs> I stopped being consistent. And a couple of days ago, she's like, mom, you have not put a note in my lunchbox in forever. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. You have to do it. But part of it is because, so I love that there's a resource because yeah. part of it is I was like, I want to add, I want to spice it up. I want to, you know, yeah. write something different or write something yeah. funny or write a fact of the day. And mm-hmm. it just became overwhelming. I'm like, I just want something to copy off of. Yeah. Well, so that's great. I love that that's a resource. Yeah. Well, even for mine, I would still write something. I'd draw little smiley faces or hearts or whatever. Yeah. And you know, what's really interesting is my son up in his room, you know, he, of course he doesn't live here anymore, but he's got a big old Ziploc bag stuffed full of the lunchbox notes because he's kept them. I love that. Isn't that cool? Oh, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Now, you another one you said I wanted to ask about was the when they wake up in the morning or first yeah. thing in the morning connection. Yeah. 
Tell us more about that. Mm-hmm. I am not good at a first thing at the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the one who's like, everyone quiet. I, like, I'm not ready to talk. I'm not ready uh, to hear anything at this point. Please just go up to your room and get ready for school. Yeah. But yeah, like tell us more about what that can look like. Well, don't make it need to be something huge and elaborate. Just something as simple as when they're coming downstairs, mm-hmm. if they wake up on their own, that eye contact, mm-hmm. you know, that connection. Yeah. Let's make today an amazing day. You know, do you have anything special happening today? Share what you've got going on. It's mm-hmm. important for our kids to know that we have lives too. And it's, that's all mm-hmm. it needs to be. I love you, a hug, you know, whatever your family culture is, just have it. It can be seconds. It doesn't have to be an hour long kind of routine. Like a whole, a, mm-hmm. a whole yeah. morning wake up party. Yeah. It's not necessarily what you're saying. Just exactly. Yeah. And I remember reading in a Brene Brown book, uh, I think sometime last year, I don't remember how she said it, but the the takeaway was watch the reaction you have to your child when they walk into the room. Because yes. if it's one and, of, and Kimberly, yeah. why are you wearing Absolutely. that? Or Absolutely. I call it the puppy dog effect. And that same thing when your spouse comes yeah. home, you know, it's like, yeah, be excited. They're there. Make contact, pause right. what you're doing and make contact, emotional contact mm-hmm. and connection with that child, with your spouse and even with yeah. yourself. You know, I think that's just so important. Yeah. And um, yeah. And I will tell you one tip, though, about the whole waking up in the morning thing as your kids get older, uh, you know, as they get a little bit older, you know, when they're real young, it's hard for them to to. And maybe not too hard, but have alarm clocks and stuff. But especially in high school, make sure they're waking themselves up because that way, Mm. you know, even if they're late to school a few times, it's better for them to kind of suffer those consequences in high school than when they're on their own in college and that kind of thing. So that's one little tip for the (laughs) from uh, from the my experiences of of kiddos. Anyway, I I tell you, there are quite a few times where barely made it to the bus, but. They make it to, to school on time. They make it to work on time and they're, they're self-accountable yeah. on that. So that's right. the time you have to do it when they're young. Yeah. Got to teach them that. That's so good. Well, let's talk for a little bit about social media. So yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Six to 12 year olds have social media. Oh yeah. Yes. A lot of them get phones at a young age. It's amazing. It happens at a younger and younger age. And I'll tell you, even my kiddos, we gave them phones a little earlier than what we had anticipated because mm. the, all their you know their friends had phones and they were missing out. They weren't being invited to social activities and, and it kind of happened over summer. I can't remember if wow. they were 10 or 11. I can't remember how old they were at the time. And it just, it was like one of those things where it was really harming them socially. But that being said, that was like text messaging and stuff. They're really not on yeah. social media that much. You know, my kids aren't, but I know a lot, a lot, a lot of kids mm-hmm. are. And that's where it's so important to have conversations with children about safety on the internet, what they share, you know, being really careful about pictures, never any kind of naked pictures. Um, it yeah. just, that's a whole nother, whole nother can of worms. Yeah. I mean, what are some of the things you would encourage parents to think about maybe before getting their kids a phone or yeah. even after getting their kids a phone so that, yeah. that, that it doesn't become their life that early? Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yes. So one, understand parental controls, you know, lock down what you can. It is all of its age appropriateness, right? 
Um, yeah. So that's a really important one. We always had a rule that when kids came home, <clears throat> the phones would get plugged into the charging station. They could check them there. Now, this is when they were really when they were on the younger side. When they were first starting out, they didn't have them up in their rooms. They could check things there. When as they got a little bit older, they could have it up in their rooms. So it's just kind of a lot of it is the maturity of your own child. But even the most mature children can get into trouble. So it's it's yeah. being careful about that. And you know, most mm-hmm. of our kids they know how to get around stuff and hide it from their parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. so it, it, learning a little bit about security and how how these apps work is good, but I will tell you, they will still find a way. So it really is more about laying that foundation of self-responsibility and and teaching them about kind of almost like what, what could happen as opposed to being the police person and monitoring everything, because that just creates distrust. And especially mm-hmm. as kids move into their tween and teen years, that those elements of distrust will have them start hiding things. And that's just not what anybody wants in their family. So really supporting more on the self-responsibility side and education side is really important. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Renee, thinking about my kids getting a phone or social media makes me want to move to a deserted Island (laughs) and (laughs) live off the land and not have any social media or Wi-Fi anywhere Mm -hmm. near us. It's just, it's hard enough for me. And I didn't have social media till college. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. I wish it would go away. I wish it would just all go go away. (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen right now. So we just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I, I understand though. It is really, and the situation is even more challenging now than even when my children were younger, because there's so many more, uh, platforms out there and yeah it is and you know every it seems like almost every teenager i'm i met especially boys who love gaming and stuff wanted to have their own youtube channel you know that was the whole big thing everybody wants to be the youtube star and oh Yeah. yeah there's there's a lot to navigate there but it really is getting the core foundations of kind of who you are, you know, integrity, self-responsibility, respect, Mm self-respect. Those are just so important. And that's going to help lay that foundation so that when they are on their own, they're making good decisions. I mean, you know, when children Mm -hmm. are born, we're making a hundred percent of the decisions for them. Right. And as when they're leaving for college, they're going to be making almost a hundred percent of the decisions for themselves. So during that transition of time, the more we can help them start practicing making good decisions earlier on and trusting themselves and in getting that practice, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what is a final tip that you would leave our listeners with and really a tip of something they can go and take action on today that will really help them and their relationship with their kids? Yeah. Well, I think the most important thing is just keeping in mind those connections, every connection point, you know, and we're not as parents, we're not perfect. You know, we're going to lose our temper. Kids are going to lose their temper. That's going to happen. But as many connection points as you can, this positive connection point, really, really important there. And, you know, if you just do one thing, go get that self-talk story, share it with Mm -hmm. your kids experience it yourself, pay attention to your own self-talk because it shapes everything from confidence, yeah. self-esteem, what you believe is possible for yourself. And it's just such yeah. an important mindset skill for all of us to learn. 
Yes, I'm excited. I'm going to go get it. Tell us what is what's the URL? Where can we find all of these great things? Yes, adventuresinwisdom.com. So adventureswisdom.com. Up at the top, you'll see tabs, free story. Uh, there's one for parents. So if anyone here is interested in working with one of our coaches, you can click on the four parents, find a coach and um, fill out a little form, find a coach and uh, you'll be a coach information center too. Great. But parents can also get certified too, right? Absolutely. They can. Yes. Yeah. And so that information's in the website it's as all well. There. Yeah, it is. Awesome. Yes. Well, we will include the links to all of it in the show notes. Is there any other place that our listeners can find you or follow you or any of those things? Yeah. Well, we we have a Facebook page out there. We have you know, inspirational posts and other information, case studies, things that we share. Um, but uh, really getting the story kind of gets you connected on our list and getting tips. Yeah. Lunchbox notes are there too. That's underneath the four parents section. Really? That's a freebie. You know, if it's something that you're interested it. in, it's it's old fashioned. You know, you get the printout, you cut it out and you literally can it. put it in the lunchbox or like I do. Yeah, I text it to my kids because they're in college. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm an old fashioned kind of person. The less <laughs> technology I have to use, the happier I am in life. Yeah. So I will definitely be going and getting both of those things. Right. And I encourage our listeners to do the same as well. We'll be including adventuresinwisdom.com in the show notes. So everyone has quick access to it. Or if you're listening to podcasts like I do, you can just go ahead and go to your Safari or Chrome and type mm -hmm. it in and you can get it right now as we're talking, yep. which is great. Thank you so much for all of your time, Renee. I have loved our conversation. It's been well, great. Thanks for having me and thanks everything you're doing yeah. to support you know, families, marriages, and mm -hmm. all of us in developing stronger emotional intelligence and attraction. Here are my key pies takeaways from today's episode, all about how to connect with your children. The first is to remember that children struggle just like we do. Children are going through things at school with their friends, even in their own heads, the way that they're seeing themselves, all of those things, it is painting a story in their heads that they are telling themselves about themselves. Let's remember that. We struggle with the same things as adults. They're struggling with it just to a different extent or in a different way as kids. So lead with that, that there is empathy there, that there's a place and a reason to connect with our kids and they need it. Just like when we're struggling and we need connection from someone that we know loves us and is there for us and will hear us, so do our kids. My second key takeaway is that a way that you can do that is by being intentional about connection throughout the day. I loved what Renee said about this. First thing when your kids wake up in the morning, when you first see them, no matter how old they are, even if they are 25 and still living at home with you, no matter how old they are, what is that first expression that they see on your face? Is it joy? Is it light? Is it excitement? Is it a love for them or is it one of discouragement or disgust or sadness or maybe a little bit irritable because you haven't had your coffee yet. How can we take just a second or two to make sure that the look on our faces and the first words of, out of our mouth are ones that implement emotional attraction, that evoke a positive emotion within our kids, and that will pull them towards us. And that is one of the areas she said to start 
first in the day, that first connection throughout the day, but then right before they go to school or right before they head out for something else, how can you just connect, tell them you love them, send them off in that great way when they first get home from the day, similar to in that morning, having that expression of being excited to see them, eating as many meals together as you can throughout the week and the weekend. We know from research that eating meals together as a family is a strong bonding that happens. So implement that, make sure that you prioritize that. And then the bedtime routine. It doesn't have to be eight hours long because then they wouldn't sleep, but it doesn't have to be a really long thing. I remember when we first got home from India with our kids and I was part of all these Facebook groups about being a mom and an adopted mom. And all these people were sharing their story about, honestly, their bedtime routines were three hours long. And y'all, I couldn't do it. I tried. I was so drained. I hated bedtime routine more than I loved bedtime routine. But I felt like a bad mom because maybe I should give them a 30-minute bath every single night and read five stories to them and then have them pick out the three that they wanted to and sing a song and say a prayer and, and, and. But (laughs) y'all, it wasn't. That was not our bedtime routine. And maybe that is yours and maybe you love it and that is what you are all about. Great, perfect, do it. But the key is find the connection points that work for you. Don't just copy and paste what's working for someone else. Find what works for you, for your kids that intentionally positively connects you because that is the key. Those are my two. Remember your kids need connection and remember to be intentional about connecting in a routine basis. First thing in the morning, before they go to school, when they get home, mealtimes and bedtime. I would love to know what you have as your key takeaways from this episode. Leave us a review, send us an Instagram message, whatever it is, we'd love to connect with you. You can follow me on Instagram at Kimberly Beam Holmes. You can go and download the free attraction assessment that I have if you're wanting to become better yourself just like we talked about bettering your kids, helping them become more resilient and feel better about themselves, increase their self-esteem. That's what we're doing with the pies and what this podcast and what I'm doing with, with the art of attraction and the pies of attraction. That is the goal. So go take that free attraction assessment. See where you fall in the areas of physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual attraction. And we'll go from there. Until next week, Stay strong.